This is PBE Daily Early Mornings, a late night podcast. My name is Point Blank Ivumbi. Thank you ever so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I finally made it to having two interviews take place on the show, and I'm glad that so far the trajectory I've taken has been based upon the, my different passions. The first interview episode has been rising as far as the numbers go, and thank you again to Lindsay O'Bath for taking the time to be a part of that episode. She spoke from the perspective of being a person in the visual arts and also being a performing artist who is still finding her way and is also finding a a path for herself and forging forward as well and the second episode there was an interview was a conversation with shoe kid and shoe kid is a person who does two other art forms which i've been curious about and i've wanted to be a part of for a very long time he's not only an actor but he's also a recording artist and as a person who's touched all three of these careers i'm glad to see somebody actually take the reins and and rise up to the occasion i'm hoping to have another interview episode soon and hopefully it'll be from the perspective of a writer producer because i feel this podcast serves the purpose of dealing with passions of the curious mind and the curious soul as well because we we don't often get the chance to speak to passion i think and when I say speak to passion, I mean you don't get to hear a person who objectively says, I'm going to do things slowly so I can do them right. Or a person who says, I'm going to stop here and build whatever I've done so far to get where it needs to go. And since the beginning of 2020, it's been clear to me that everything that I'm doing and the different paths that I'm taking are all inspired by the act of trying as much as possible to not second guess or sell myself short in regards to the quality and the extent to which the passions have to be tied to the work created. I will say this, I found out how to trigger a creative spin on how to make work come out quickly and how to make the work come out from an authentic place. And I believe I once mentioned this not only in conversation with a friend, but also in in one of my episodes here where I wanted to see how it's possible to try recreate the emotion or the feeling you have when you're on deadline mode because there's that whole adrenaline rush that comes with timeline being so tight and for some reason it makes you have tunnel vision what you need to create I think the closest I've seen of that was they made this movie it was a, I think it was based on a comic book it was called Wanted and Apparently, with the whole adrenaline rush of being in fear or being in an intense situation, it made time slow down to the eye of a person who held a weapon. It's a it's an old movie, Morgan Freeman, Angelina Jolie. If you get the chance, look for that film and check it out. I think it's on for those of Netflix accounts. I think it's there or whichever. Heaven forbid I say it out loud, but it shall be said. Whichever bootleg uh, <laughs> source you have for those kind of movies, and based upon that i've been having a very very good turn of events as far as what i'm creating and to even record this episode with a smile on my face remembering what this journey has been like i spent the last the better part of the month of february all the way to this day uh touching on something that i've always been fascinated and, and in awe of it and it's the the idea of the tortured soul finding its way to success and 
there's topics I've been thinking about speaking on recording here that I take a pause because I'm not certain if I can do them justice as at the time I want to speak on them because some of them I feel are sensitive and they're too close to the chest in regards to how people may take them. Others are simply because I need to frame that train of thought properly. And when I was thinking about it, and as, as I was working to lead up to making the actual episode, it's been very much inspired by the work of other podcasts that I consume. I remember when I was getting my Wi-Fi connection, I was being asked what I consume more. Do I go to certain sites or do I stay mostly on YouTube? And I told them YouTube. And that's why I got the package I got for my internet services. And on YouTube, I predominantly consume uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, the Joe Budden podcast, uh, Flagrant 2, uh, Brilliant Idiots. Those are the, my main staple as far as... Oh, and the Bodega Boys. I think I've mentioned that list before, that roster. And it's based upon how they tackle their particular shows. And I hope to find my different niches in regards to what I want to create here. And so far, it's been possible for me to make a whole other podcast on the side and this podcast maintain this whole behind the scenes curiosities as they build up and the one person who really stands out for me personally i'd have to say is joe budden and seeing as anchor and, and spotify are doing business together i hope that this is not taken as in, in in bad context in regards to how i perceive this man and how i perceive what he's done with himself because being a a guy who was in high school in the early 2000s, his rise in career, I used to listen to him on the Rick D's Weekly Top 40 because his song was always present there. And to see his transition and how to move from there to making the group Slaughterhouse and then eventually making what was last year considered the number one podcast in the world, I felt it was important for me to just explain why I touch on him. And it's actually born from something I learned from my my most recent relationship and there's this thing she used to do on mondays she used to call it ratchet tv day and ratchet tv day was basically when she'd consume uh reality tv shows and all that and for me i never really watch reality tv shows there's nothing that's palatable for me so differences are are allowed as far as i, I go when it comes to and hang out with people. I take more documentaries and uh, interview shows than anything else. So my takeaway was, no, I don't watch Love and Hip Hop, but I listen to the Joe Budden podcast. And on his podcast, I get to hear what's the latest on the shenanigans happening in hip hop because hip hop is always a first love for me. And I get to hear what his take is in regards to being a grizzled vet in the music industry, being a person who suffered in the hands of record executives, being a person who hopes to inspire or help artists who come there after to be very careful with the choices they make because the glitz and glamour fade off rather quickly if you're not certain of the kind of moves you're making or the kind of document you're signing. And it's weird because just recently there was a notification that was shared on social media to ask African artists and animators to get into a mentorship program. And I've seen so many of those come and go, and I've never really risen to the occasion because my gut keeps on telling me that I shouldn't jump the gun with that. And 
when I see the fine print in some of these things, it just doesn't seem to be viable. And it's one of the reasons why I distance myself from just jumping the gun when new things keep popping up. And I also take breaks of decision-making in, in the ways that... I think I heard it first in The 48 Laws of Power, where they're talking about um, King Louis. I think it was Louis the the 14th or the 13th, one of the two. And every time he was supposed to make a decision, he'd listen to different people who counsel him. And then he'd say, I shall see. And he'd leave and then take time to consult himself and then come back with the final word. Because at the end of the day, he was the law. And uh, I think his words were, l'état c'est moi. The state is me, something like that. And when I think about that, and I think about, say, the trajectory of the career, the musical career of a person like Joe Budden, first of all, when I heard the group Slaughterhouse being created, I was super happy because Slaughterhouse is a group of super MCs whose solo careers didn't really take the success it was supposed to. And that's Joy Lottie's Crooked Eye, Joe Budden, and Royce the Five Nine. And since then, Joel Ortiz has given me two beautiful albums in 2019. Royce the 5'9", ever since he found sobriety, has given copious amounts of music that are actually impressive. And I'm going to dedicate another episode in the future to Royce the 5'9", because there's something he did for, I think, for all men who consider themselves happy to be male and happy to embody the idea of manhood and not the tainted version of it. And that's a whole topic that I hope to touch on once I distance myself from it being such a close-to-the-chest thing right now because I, I can't find a way to speak on that particular topic without coming off as brash and aggressive. So I'm going to hold back from doing that just yet. But to come back to Joe Budden, I once had a line in a song... Uh, by Slaughterhouse, and it was a line by Joel Ortiz, he said they first appeared on a Joe joint. So I started googling and I found out that Slaughterhouse was a, a collectively, they did a song called Slaughterhouse on a Joe Budden album. And as a result, since they were touring together anyway, because the circuits I think are set aside in accordance to where you are on a record label, and they always tended to appear together, and then a major label came up, and how that career path didn't go so well for the group is because there were some reservations that were being held back in regards to experiences. And Joe Budden is a person who I think the reason why I enjoy his podcast so much, and even sometimes I may disagree with what he says, or I may disagree with someone how he carries his humor. I still come back because you can see him combat certain topics in the presence of his friends and you see them rationalize it together. It's literally a podcast that is a conversation between friends. And as a person who I don't really consult as much as most people would expect, I always I reserve the right to state to my thoughts first before I come out and say certain things. And sometimes the thoughts that I, I, I end up as conclusions for are conclusions I've made for the sake of my existence. It's not really to uh, hinge myself or to tie myself to other person's conclusions, but I, I try as much as possible to let myself have individual decisions that do not depend on somebody else getting on the bandwagon and when you hear 
Joe Budden talk about his experiences from the music industry and how he worries for and he cares for the up and coming artists in the music industry thereafter because he suffered the the problems of transition. Transition period artists normally suffer because when he was becoming a, a recording artist, the whole era of how the rise of making record sales with CDs was beginning to fall off because the bootlegging of CDs was starting to take off and then streaming was supposed to come into the picture and even the music industry itself didn't understand how to monetize or how to tie an artist to the deals that they're going to sign and you start hearing terms like the 360 deal where they, a record label can decide and dictate what kind of partnerships you'd have, what kind of collaborations you'd have, what kind of concerts you'd perform at, and how they distribute your music. And it was so much music material to be consumed and be handled the right way. But add that to the different experiences of being shelved for a period of time so that you could actually find your way into music properly, like the training period, the grace period for you to be mentored into music. He looked to have mentors in, in his career. He never had any. He had to find his own way with his own passions and then add that to his personal wars as far as dealing with his uh, insecurities and substance abuse and trying to raise a child in the middle of all that and also trying to have a career. And when he began his podcast, he was 36 years old trying to find his own path and his friends were helping him try find a way to transition from one side to the other because... In a recent interview he did on one of the other properties that he creates nowadays called The Pull-Up, he was sitting down with Wale, who's yet another artist who's a grizzled vet and a tormented soul in regards to how the music industry is treating him and his passions. And as they spoke, there's something that Wale mentioned, and loosely, this is what I understood from what he was saying. The current era of music where you could speak from the pains you have, the emotional turmoil that comes with it, and the fears that you have as a, as a man and as a, as a girl trying to be a good father, a good husband, and also trying to be the warrior out there to make sure that you are not swindled and you're not uh, destroyed by the cult of personality and all these things. He, as Joe Budden, was the guy who began that era. The emotional raps, because I remember one time I, I downloaded his discography and I listened through it and you could hear him trying to combat the problems that he was facing personally. And if I was to submit something that actually made the gelling of the group Slaughterhouse perfectly, there's a song you should look for called Truth for Truth. I think the song is almost 10 minutes long. I think it's from one of the mixtapes they did. In Truth for Truth, each individual rapper in the group speaks from the disgruntled experiences they had as solo artists. And they bear their souls in that track. So if I'm to ever suggest a song on this platform, I'll say this. Look for a song by Slaughterhouse called Truth For Truth. And you'd hear where I'm coming from with this. And I think also to a degree, the reason why I, I always come back to hearing him speak is because problems of the past should not be repeated to a generation that comes thereafter. It's important for the lessons learned to be put into practice. And personally, another thing, and maybe it was just in my head, but indulge me for a second. When I got into entertainment and music, I wanted so badly to 
follow the path of how the, the rappers of the 1980s followed. You didn't record a track until you had at least four or five years of experience ripping the mic freestyle, from battle experiences to cipher experiences to hyping a crowd, all these things. Those are the kind of things you're doing. Master of ceremony, MC, you move the crowd. I wanted to get that degree of comfort on stage. And by me taking those five years to learn that and not rushing to a studio because I also wanted to do the things off the skin of my own back. I think the reason why Boombox still keeps me around is because I can move a crowd. I can rock a party. And because I can rock a party, I'll always have an extra coin in my pocket to make something of myself, to save up, to make things come into transition. and. In the period where I came into music, it was 2004 when I cleared high school. 2005 is when I started making connections into music and entertainment and slam poetry at the time. And then in 2006, when Words and Pictures was born, I took the time to try be present with the rappers and everything. But in that period, a lot of the people who were the founding figures or the staple of what the quality performer and the quality MC was, most of them were making the transition out. All the people who could have been the role model figures to make the music industry work perfectly were leaving. The ones who were left behind ended up making such flawed moves that to a certain extent the music industry still suffers today because disgruntled individuals who never got the time or the chance to make something of themselves are now aggressively trying to keep things in status quo for personal reasons and not for the greater good of the collective. I grapple with that because I, I, would, I would not like to be a part of the problem that I found. So I distance myself sometimes from that which is the status quo in the game. It's, it comes off in a bad way to most people, but to me it, it's the only way I understand to put things in perspective and not to carry forward those which were the ills of the past. I, I, when having civic education in primary school, you always told the sins of the father are past the son. And when I heard those kind of phrases, I'd ask myself, okay, so the things that I'm wrong about, am I going to make a generation of performers, artists, actors suffer because of something that people said that's how the game is played? I'll always have a problem with that. Looking at the situation for Joe Budden and how I see it, it's I watched how he did this podcast and I watched how he spearheaded the idea of the hip hop person, the personality, speaking uh, on, on that. And I chose consciously to not make a hip hop podcast. I'd say a touch on hip hop, but I wouldn't make a hip hop podcast because, and I'll say it again, it would be disingenuous for me to speak for the problems facing an artist. A recording artist in particular because all I have to my name is a mixtape. I've never made an album. I haven't really toured per se. I've been on a tour as an opening act but when I saw things were thick I, I escaped to go find my own path and even when performing wasn't making me as much money I decided okay let me figure out how I could host the show and I made more money hosting the show than being an act on the show. You find a niche and you find a way to suit that niche. Shukit said it in the last episode and I totally agree with him. You're supposed to choose 
the wars you know you can actually fight to fruition and complete the task at hand and i also and this is the the hill i've chosen to die on metaphorically speaking i made a company for myself because i didn't like pitching and i still to this day do not like pitching i'd like my work to speak for itself when it comes to pitching i let the work put the perfect story across when it comes to trying to find business i will do the kind of work i know i'm suited for i will take the task that i feel a client would be better served by me and that i will actually fulfill to the umpteenth level and make sure he's he or she's happy and that will fund my passions and my actual ideas so that at the end of the day it is proven that it's possible to do things off the skin of your own back the idea of bastardizing the arts and all that and then suddenly coming up and saying that it's the most lucrative business that could be found yet and we came across this idea in conversation with with Shukit that you tell a people that the arts is not an industry and you cannot make money from it because you know if you disenfranchise the talented you stop them and you stunt the growth of society because the arts always speak to society's ills and society's woes the united states has the great advantage of freedom of speech so they can speak the way they speak and because of so many avenues provided to us in africa thanks to the different sites and from facebook to youtube to to even anchor fm and all this we get to share our speech in regards to our take on certain situations i love doing this podcast because it allows me to have the freedom to say what needs to be said and i'm glad that on the year of their 5th anniversary as the, as the Joe Budden podcast that I found out he never wanted the podcast to be called that he's so not stuck in his ways to the extent of saying that like, you're going to name this after me the crew told him to name it after himself because he's the main staple he's the center where everything is bounced off him and in my case when I was coming up with the company name a friend of mine Kev and I hope Kev is still out there. This guy was one of the first people who actually told me to find a photographer to work with. That shout out to Noel Mochala and when Kev told me like you're opening a company I'd strongly suggest that the company you open you name it after yourself. Because I always found that to be a degree of egotistical but then he told me like no everything you've achieved is tied to your name. Use that name. Thus PBE Productions Limited and though not many things have been put out there that have been created by PBE Productions this period of learning the path i owe it to the different stories i'm hearing about of people like jeff bezos taking 20 years of losses to become the most powerful uh, re- re- retail company in the world through the internet and i don't know what this path called podcasting has for me but i'm glad that i've made it 141 episodes in I'm glad that there is an audience that enjoys everything I say. I'm glad that it's done with the freedom of me picking topics that I'm actually passionate about and speaking from a true place and I know for a fact that as I continue to learn myself and learn as I grow, if there are things that I've said wrong, I will be the first to backtrack and actually speak on what I've learned to change my thinking. And if there's things I've I've said that I I know are right, I've given enough proof to show why I'm right. So again as I proudly like to say on every episode 
be Caesar or be nothing at all. Shout out to Joe Budden, the Joe Budden podcast for that five years of experience and the five years of growth. May you continue to thrive and entertaining guys like us on our Friday evenings and our Monday evenings. And until next time, good people. Oh no.